Trek Companion. This is episode 208. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we are discussing Voyager's third season episodes, Real Life, Distant Origin, and Displaced. Here we go. Real Life, season three, episode 22, production code 164. Original air date, April 23rd, 1997. Directed by Anson Williams. Story by Harry Kluwer. Teleplay by Jerry Taylor. Music composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast include Wendy Shaw as Charlene. Glenn Walker-Harris Jr. as Jeffrey. Lindsay Hahn as Belle. Stephen Ralston as Larg. And Chad Haywood as Kakath. Voyager arrives to meet with the Vostagin scientists aboard their station, but finds that the station has been destroyed by an unknown cause. They discover a nearby subspace anomaly, likely responsible for the destruction, that is growing in intensity, and Janeway orders the ship away. Meanwhile, the doctor, to help improve his program, has created a virtual family for himself in the holodeck simulation, consisting of a wife, Clarine, and two children, Jeffrey and Bella. The doctor invites Bellana and Kes for dinner, where the two find the family to be far too perfect. Taurus offers to make changes to the program to introduce realistic elements to his family. You must be very proud of your family, Doctor. Oh. Well, we're proud of him, too. In fact, we think we have just about the most wonderful husband and father in the quadrant, don't we, Computer children? freeze program. Yes, we do. Lieutenant, what are you doing? I am stopping this before my blood sugar levels overload. Real life. I have a feeling we all remember this one pretty well. What's funny about this is I like this episode a lot. I think it's very good and it's entirely because of the Doctor and his storyline and the other story of the spatial anomaly thing is so just nondescript and kind of lame and forgettable that I don't even remember it having anything to do with this episode. And it does unfortunately take away from this episode because the Doctor family stuff is so great that every time it cuts away to that to this thing i don't care about it's like i don't even I, I even by the end of the episode i didn't understand what the hell the anomaly was was but that aside the the doctor family stuff is so uh, effective and pretty incredible how the the dynamic range like the tonal range of those scenes when you think about the beginning of the episode versus where it ends up um that i have a feeling we're all gonna have uh, positive things to say about this. So, Adam, why don't you kick us off? Um, yeah, I I tend to agree with you, Brian, about the you know this this episode's kind of split in two, and it it hurts it. And honestly, to me, it hurts the episode. I honestly, I found the anomaly stuff kind of interesting. I kind of felt like that could have been an A story just on its own in another episode. I mean, we get this kind of weird spatial anomaly. They go in there, and um, yeah, then they just kind of leave it at that. And um, it hurts the doctor's story because we don't get an we get enough from that story to feel the emotional impact and um, the growth from his character. But I also kind of feel like we kind of got cheated out of some more um, character development with him and his family and that kind of thing. I was um, I was thinking to myself how they could have done this different. I think I would have preferred if they would have introduced the family in an episode and it would have and have it play out over you know, maybe two or three or several episodes and you could have had this culmination at the end where he, where, you know, he goes through this um, tragic death. And his that's family. definitely what they would do if they were making this show today. Yeah. I think it, it would have helped it a lot. And like I said, I don't mean to, you know, I mean, I agree with you, Brian, that um, the, 
the other storyline about the anomaly, it, it's it's kind of uninteresting, but I like the concept. They could have done a lot. They could have done a whole episode on that if they had, you know, if they kind of figured out what they were going to do. It's kind of like they had a nice concept, you know, the spatial anomaly, you go in there and energy, and but I mean, they don't do anything with it. It's kind of like, it's kind of like just a throwaway idea that they have in this episode. Um, and it's, you know, and that's just kind of how, that's kind of how they were doing these episodes back then. You know, there was an A story and a B story, you know, probably 90% of the time um, in Star Trek. And um, that's, you know, next gen through Voyager and even into Enterprise. And um, I, it hurt this episode, but I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed the doctor's performances and performance in it and, you know, what he went through. Um, you know, it, it harkens back to, you know, um, the next gen days when, when data was trying to d- discover himself through different methods of humanity by dating or whatever like that. Um, I just can't help but think that this episode could have been a lot better if they'd kind of made a, a more conscientious choice to choose one storyline and go with it. Because even, even the B storyline in this, you know, with Tom Paris and all that, I mean, it takes up literally half the episode. It's not like a kind of a sort of, you know, B story on the on the side. It's literally half the episode and you don't even really get a conclusion of what's going on with that. The only thing that that section brings to it is an opportunity, an excuse for Paris to have that final conversation with the doctor which it's encourages good, good him thing. to go back and finish the story, uh, you know, to finish with his family. Uh, but other than that, it doesn't serve much purpose. And that's a good scene in the episode. Yeah, it is. Sure. It is. Steve, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with everything that's been said, more or less. I mean, yeah, the the uh, the A story stuff. I mean, you just it's almost or the B story stuff. It's almost like uh, extra commercial breaks or something. On the whole, you know, it's it's kind of it makes it really like you just want to go up and do something else during those parts and come back when it's really doing something. And I don't know what what a real answer they would have just had more material for the Doctor storyline and then like maybe acknowledge that there's other things that everyone's dealing with and that could kind of interweave, kind of like with oh Paris needs you know at the end he needs some medical attention so that you know precipitates that conversation or something but but yeah as far as the the primary storyline yeah it's 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 quite good i mean i i really really liked what it has to say it's one of these that i feel like i need i'm going to spit out what what they're trying to say what the episode's about as we talk about it which we've always acknowledged as being a sign that it's got a lot got a lot going on so um yeah um I don't know. I think everyone's, I, I agree with all, every, pretty much everything that's been said here. Like I said, for me, the most amazing thing is the tonal changes, how, how, how far it goes and how effective each one is. It opens and it's such a, like that saccharine thing mm-hmm. that, that discuss Torres, but it's, 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 it's interesting. I mean, it's still a cool teaser for the episode to open yeah. with the dad and then it's the doctor, you know? Uh, so it's still pretty interesting, even though it's saccharine, but um, you know, and then you get yeah. the, the uh, rebellion thing. I, I love the idea of the of his like teenage son going through like a Klingon phase or something. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, that's great. Came up with that one. Uh, and then of course you get the you know the death of his daughter, and that gets me. You know, yeah. I've seen this episode many times. I can't help it. And it got me before I had a child. And of course, you have a child. It can get you even more. But I remember. And it's not, it's partially the way the, the, the line is written, but definitely it's the way Ricardo delivers it, that line of you're too sick to get better. Yeah. That's the line that gets me every time. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's really good. It's really effective. It totally works. You know, the only thing that holds it back from being like, oh, one of the all-time 
great Star Trek episodes or certainly one of the best Voyager episodes, what holds it back is the B storyline and not that it's bad. It's just, it's just so vanilla and forgettable to me. It's kind of random. Uh, and I can't watch, I can't, you know, critique this episode without yeah. including commentary about mm-hmm. half of the episode. Right. I do think it's interesting the um, you know how the, this, this ideal family was programmed in the early parts you know because obviously he decided what the ideal family would be and it, and it's a very um, it's not a '90s family it's a '50s family right and I think it, you know it's um, or at least like kind of like television portrayed it and uh, I think that's interesting like why would I mean you know it, it's kind of it, it tells more about like the writers, then it tells about, you know, this hypothetical, you know, situation in the 2370s or whatever. Right. And, you know, it, it's because it's, uh, you know, you think, why would the doctor, why would he think an ideal family would be something that we would see an ideal family as like this paternalistic kind of thing in, from that era. And, and I don't know if, I don't know, you know, you can't go back in your own head and think, what was I thinking when I watched this the first time, you know, or whatever, 20 years ago. But, um, now it's kind of like so no brainer when, you know, he's in the new version of the family and having the meeting and what's wrong with what he's doing. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. he did not consult his wife. And then he says we should have a united front. That means he gets to make all the choices. There's a problem yeah. here, you know, and, and it's just kind of like, why, why would that be a no brainer? But yeah. Um, I did enjoy the first scene, you know, the dinner scene with, um, with Taurus and Cass, you know, I mean, they're all, they're all basically, praising the doctor you know the the doctor you know he's got an ego and he likes to be praised and so it mat to me that mm-hmm. that initial scene kind of matched his personality what he would what his ideal family would be you know and probably when he was programming this i want my family to support me in every way and this is kind of how how mm-hmm. how he probably imagined it and it and to me that first scene fit his personality because he likes to be he likes to be gloated upon and told how, how great he is um right, so i mean right. and it's, it's it was funny to see you know the reactions on on Bellana's face and Cass and finally she's just like enough for each program. So <laughs> consider probably where, where Taurus came, her family life, what her what she came from. <laughs> Not exactly related to any of this stuff, but this was the first episode I watched it and I thought, oh yeah, we're nearing where they're going. They're just they're just going to kind of ride out Cass, mm-hmm. like she doesn't have anything. What they had Torres do and say to him, that could have been Kess. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. What Kess does in this episode almost could have been anybody. Yeah. 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 What, yeah. A, what in the last episode, she's the first to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. About. <laughs> uh, is this episode about anything? It's about interacting. You know, there's a lot. I think there's a lot we can kind of say about this episode um, on a lot of different episodes, on a lot of different levels. Um, I'll, I'll start small and, and lead big. You know, the scene with we discussed it a minute ago. The scene with um, Tom Paris and the Doctor at the end. Um, that's what a you know. That's what a that's what a crewmate or a true friend or somebody that really cares about you. You know, you know, does and says. And um, I think that says something about the character relationships. That have that have been built upon the show in the three years, you know, maybe in the first season this doesn't work as well, but they've had all these experiences and they've become a bonded family. Um, and it's kind of parallel to what the doctor's going through. You know, he has this, you know, holographic family, this fantasy family, but yet his real family 
is on the ship and um you know we'll just call it, you know tom is his family and you know he's honest with them and he tells you know tom could have just been like well you know that sucks and, and left the, the sick bay but you know he, he spoke from the heart and i thought it was a good performance um that he de- delivering that line and, and telling the doctor what, you know, what he needed to do or should do or how he should proceed. Um, you know, and then the more obvious things, you know, the family unit, um, you know, dealing with, dealing with um, your loved ones and the chaotic um, balance of life and work and personal. And, um, you know, obviously at the end, you know, dealing with loss and death and um, tragedy and um, how you approach that. Yeah, I think um, it's kind of the you to have the good, you got to have the bad. You know, it's that, and and to be and to have either, you need to be vulnerable. You you don't have the choice of turning off. You know, and so it's not a it's not a choice. You know, I mean that that conversation with uh, that Paris has with the doctor. You know, you can't just choose to have good stuff and not have bad stuff because we don't have that power. We we have to be vulnerable. Two are, you know, we have to be open to feeling, having feelings and being emotional. And that's if he wants to learn something about humanity and what that what that's like, what a close family is, then that's what he had to do. You know, so that's how he grows. And so, yeah, that's what it is for me. All right, let's do six degrees for real life. Uh, Let's see, Adam, you started the discussion. You going first or second? Um, I'll go first. Lindsay Hahn plays the doctor's daughter, Belle. She previously played Beatrice Berlay in whose hollow novel? Um, Catherine Captain Janeway. Yes, sir. Steve, the doctor calls himself Kenneth in this in his uh, holographic program. This is an in-joke referring to Voyager's co-producer named Kenneth Blank. Mm, is that uh, Biller? Yes, sir. One-to-one. Moving on. Distant Origin, Season 3, Episode 23, Production Code 165, Original Air Date, April 30th, 1997, Directed by David Livingston, Written by Brandon Braga and Joe Minoski, Music Composed by David Bell, Guest Cast Include Henry Warrenitz as Fora Gagan, Christopher Liam Moore as Tova Veer, Conchetta Tomei as Minister Odala, Marshall R. Teague as Haluk, and Nina Minton as Frola Gagan. On the planet where Voyager's crew had previously been marooned, Professor Gagan and his assistant, Veer, two paleontologists of a space-faring Sererian species known as the Voth, discover the skeletal remains of a human, most likely Lieutenant Hogan. They are fascinated by the similarity of his genome to their own species, and Gagan suggests this supports the highly controversial distant origin theory that the Voth had originated on a far distant planet instead of their current area of space from which they rule a vast empire. To confirm their proof, Gagan and Veer track down the origin of the skeleton. Learning of Voyager's presence in the Delta Quadrant, they locate the ship and transport aboard while cloaked, observing the mostly human crew in this setting. That creature napping in sickbay is a dinosaur. Question is, why have we never seen him in the Natural History Museums? If a Saurian species had developed language and technology, you'd think they would have left something behind. But what if it evolved on an isolated continent? Steve, kick us off on distant origin. All right. Um, I like I like this, and I don't think it's like 
absolutely fantastic, but I do like it. And uh, I think I like it more than I used to. I mean, at least based on memory of the last time I went through these years and years ago. I think it's, I think it's, I mean, maybe in the past, I think I mean, the focus was more, oh, how, how cool the idea of, you know, some, you know, uh, dinosaurs leaving the planet and all this stuff too. And I think some of that, some of that stuff is a little sketchy in terms of the feasibility of, you know, buying into that part of it, you know, how exactly they essentially evolved into humanoids on earth. But yet we have no sign of it and left, you know, all this kind of stuff. But as far as, um, kind of what the episode brings, and we've seen this kind of thing before the notion of, you know, someone wanting to speak out against a, um, some kind, a, some kind of dogma that exists and speak the truth yet they're suppressed and ultimately even we, I think we've even seen they have to cave in and, and deal with it. We've seen that in other Trek episodes too, but overall I like, I like what it says. And I, I think that I think one of the more interesting aspects to me is the, um, the nature of, of this on this planet, how, you know, you kind of have this, it's probably akin to, um, you know, monarchies that are essentially led through the church, you know, in, in histories in Europe and so forth and how, you know, the, everyone had to kind of, you know, if you were considered blasphemous, you know, maybe, you know, you might be executed, let alone not be able to continue your work. Um, but I think it's interesting and more timely. It feels like it's more timely now because they're so, um, they, they so much have to feel like they are the uh, center of their universe. And, and the biggest problem is, if they came from somewhere else, then that opens them up to feeling like they're not superior anymore, which I think is something that we're seeing a lot, you know, politically in this country. I think in the sense that there are people that, you know, seem to forget that we're all immigrants. And I, I was struck by that line that the, the, uh, that leader of their, uh, government or whatever she, you know, at that one point when she's adamantly saying, we are not immigrants. And that's, you know, that kind of, to me, that was kind of the heart of it, you know, of their argument. But anyway, those are those are some of the reasons I think it was interesting. Adam? I think I enjoyed this episode more as well. I mean, most of the time when you, um, you know, I said this to you pre-show, you know, a lot of, you know, the first, I don't know, good first 20 minutes of the episode doesn't even, we don't really even have a lot of, there really isn't any kind of Voyager. And, you know, watching it, um, you know, over and over again, you have a Star Trek episode. There's first contact, or there's other races or civilizations. And what I kind of, what I kind of, what I kind of enjoyed about this, it kind of took it from the other species point of view. Obviously, they're searching for Voyager and they're looking for this distant origin um, theory to prove it. And you know, I kind of agree with Steve that you kind of have to suspend your disbelief about like how this happened. But it's an interesting idea and it's an interesting concept. And like I said, you know, we spend you know at least the first fifth of the episode with Gagan and um and Veer, you know, these two scientists, you know, and they're aboard they're aboard Voyager and it's the episode is driven by them. And that's um it's a different take. It's driven by their point of view, whereas, you know, most other episodes, you know, a, a species interaction is, is driven with the with the crew. So I kinda I actually kinda enjoyed that. Most times it doesn't you know, episodes don't work when it's not specifically focused on the crew or or a main character in the crew. But I, I do think it, it works in this one. Um, I also agree with Steve that this this episode kind of has a lot of um, and has a lot to say, you know, about refugees, about um, dogma, you know, um, 
scientific data? What do you believe? Or do you believe the dogma? Do you believe the religion stuff? And, you know, I, I think it relates a lot to with what we're going on today with um, climate, um, you know, refugees. So um, I think this episode holds up because it has some overarching themes that can, you know, match politically um, with today and probably tomorrow. I like uh, Beltran's performance in this episode, I think. Oh, and by the way, I should say, I'm like, I'm with you guys. I like it. I liked it years ago. I find found myself enjoying it more than uh, I remembered enjoying it. So I liked it. I seem to like it more, too. It's interesting that we all had that experience. I specifically wanted to call out Beltran's performance because, I mean, I, I always think he's good as, Chico- as Chakotay. I just think a lot of the time they don't give him the right stuff to do or enough stuff to do or usually the right stuff to do. But here, I think this is a good example of the kind of stuff that is perfect for Chakotay. You think about like that speech of his near the end, you know, when he's telling them, deny, deny your origins on earth and you deny your true heritage. You know, that's the kind of speech that Chakotay can really give with conviction. And, and Beltran gave a, Beltran gave a, a great performance here. It's weird too, because it, it almost for a second, you think, okay, I guess, you know how we always try and label these things. Whose episode is it? One of the primary Voyager people. So your, your instinct at, the, at that point is to say, okay, it's a, it's a Chakotay episode, but it really isn't. I, I mean, I think you can make, make the argument that this is a Gagan, Gagan episode. <laughs> For sure. Uh, which is amazing that we don't hate it then, because usually that when they try that sort of thing, we don't much care for it. But it works here. Yeah, that's very rare. Yeah, we've we've encountered that, but in very rare circumstances, it seems to work when it focuses on someone outside yeah. our primary cast. So I'm not exactly sure why. It's almost like Voyager is the B story in this episode, you know, the crew and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly we got a good at least 10 or 15 minutes before we see any Voyager people or Voyager at all. Uh, but even when you think about that scene where I was just saying his performance in the speech is so good, he's literally in the background. Yeah, It's Gagan who's on trial, who says the most. And even the final scene of the episode, I think, G- G- Gagan? Is it Gagan or Gagan? I think they said Gagan during the episode. Gagan, yeah, even Gagan, you know, Gagan is there with Chicote, and Chicote gives him that mm-hmm. Earth sphere. I think I think somehow when it's done right, and I think it's really hard to do this right. I think that it like takes you out from it being just about this crew and this ship or something. And when they want to tell this kind of story, it's almost like a a sci-fi short story that happens to involve Voyager, which usually on paper that like nine times out of 10, that would not come off, you know, but just all the elements came together. And I think the theme is so, I don't know, so weighted so heavily and you know, so important that, you know, it, you know, if we imagine this told, told with more of a perspective from our crew, I can't imagine any, I can't imagine it anything but worse you know, way worse. I mean, if they were just like, oh, we came along this race and here's what they're doing and oh, let's watch them have this trial and let's do, you know, that, that'd be way worse, you know? So yeah. um, I don't know exactly what's going on, but I think it has to do with all those elements, you know, yeah. coming together. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, cause like, you know, it's the, like I said, it's from the point of the view of, um, of, of the Voth, of, of Gigan, basically, um, 
Yeah, and it comes, I mean, you know, the episode, you know, they hit all the notes in this episode. It doesn't drag it into, the pacing's good, It you know, the writing's good, the performances are good, um, you know, the special effects are good. I think maybe, I don't, I don't know about you, Brian, but I mean, you know, like I, like I said, I kind of agree with Steve, you know, it's a little bit the, the idea of dinosaurs evolving on Earth and and going across the galaxies. It's a little bit of a stretch, but it's okay because they are, you know, this episode lagged in some other areas. That might be like one extra thing to be like, Oh, this is not a good episode, but they, but they hit all the notes on this and it worked. Um, and you know, it's, it's cool that it did. I mean, it's a, it's kind of, a, to me, it's kind of a unique episode because you don't see many, you know, except for maybe lower decks or a couple other episodes, you don't really see on an episode in, in, in Star Trek series from the point of view of, other other actors or characters and that sort of thing what is this episode about it's about far away beginnings yeah far away dinosaurs you know a lot of it is just in about what um chakoti was saying and his and his really good speech in there you know if you deny your past you you're you're denying yourself if you um if you hold on to dogma or tradition so tight it will you'll lose something within yourself um if you're if you're not if you're unwilling to look at the plain truths and facts in front of you, it it hurts you in the long term. It might it might keep you together in the short term. Um, and like I said, I think it touched on you know it's touched on themes that that we have today. You know, climate science, how people deny that when it's you know it's right in front of their face, or you know how on 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 our planet today, you know people are migrating all over the place, but partly due to you know climate, and you know it touches on that. You know the the pride that the the Voth had in, in in trying to hold on to their power and this mystique and that kind of thing, um, it was still. But I think what Chicote was saying that just because they came from the other side of the universe and had to suffer and struggle didn't take anything away from what they what they were. And um, I think it's just a, a lot of it to me is like you shouldn't hold on so tight to dogma or traditions because um, they can set you back just as much as anything. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think I think in addition, and we saw it in that end, I mean, following Chakotay's speech, you could see, even see it in the eyes of that, you know, that leader of their government and her decision. It's kind of like she, you know, I, I can't help but think, yes, I, I'm buying this, but it's not enough to let me, you know, openly do something that's going to threaten my power and status. And I think that's what it comes down to is that, you know, progress, truth, real change, those things don't come easy, especially when it affects the power and status of, of those in positions to, to try to hold on to that. You know, that's what's so hard about it. So, yeah, I, th- I think there's, I think this is, this is good. It's got, it's got a lot to say and it's really interesting how they, how they, how it came across. So, cool. Let's do six degrees for distant origin. Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. Henry Moranich plays Gagan, the Galileo of the Dino people. <laughs> he played Lieutenant J. Dan. That's not Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant <laughs> J. Dan. In Next Gen's The Drumhead. Uh, another trial episode where Picard is accused of treason. Was that season two, four, or six? Drumhead. Ah, oh, jeez. Four? Yes, sir. Adam Warnich will later play Curan, the Kyrian curator of the museum where the backup doctor forever tells the tale of the Voyager 
in the episode Living Witness. Was that season two, four, or six? Six? No, also four. It's all four. All right. Steve has two. Adam has one. Moving on. Displaced, Season 3, Episode 24, Production Code 166, Original Air Date, May 7th, 1997, Directed by Alan Croker, Written by Lisa Klink, Music Composed by Jay Chataway. Guest Cast Include Kenneth Tegar as Damar, James Noah as Rislin, Mark L. Taylor as Jarloth, Nancy Youngblut as Talene, Zach LeBeau as Ensign Larson, and Deborah Levin as Ensign Lang. While Voyager is traveling through space, a Nerian stranger, Damar, appears on board without any apparent warning. At the same time, Kess disappears from the ship. Damar says he has no idea of what has happened. Soon, other crew members are similarly displaced by Nerians, who say that Voyager's people are appearing on their planet. The exchanges are happening at regular intervals, but Bellana Taurus is unable to tell whether this is a natural phenomenon or some transporter-like technology. I think you'll find there's nowhere to go. We don't accept that. We will find a way out of here. Captain, your lack of gratitude is unbecoming. You and your crew could have found yourselves somewhere far less hospitable. It's still a prison. Displaced. I will displace myself and let Adam go first. Um, I like this episode fine. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out on a limb and say it's, it's like great or anything like that. But it's, it's, it's a interesting story. It's paced well. Um, um, I don't know if we'll have a lot, a whole lot to say what it's about. But I mean, it's kind of you know, it's a little bit mystery, kind of what's going on. I, I kind of, I enjoyed the you know, Blana Taurus stuff with um, um, Paris kind of early on and later on in the episode, um, you know, crew members disappearing and other, you know, it's an interesting way of kind of taking over the ship. You know, they're kind of trapped in a cage. Um, there are no real big surprises. You know, you kind of, you kind of, I mean, yeah, there's kind of a mystery going on, but you kind of figure it out pretty quick. I think the audience, or at least I, you know, I don't remember being too surprised by this episode, even way back when. And even now it's kind of like, I feel like the audience is, kind of ahead of the, the crew, except maybe Janeway. Janeway's like, oh, something just smells wrong about this. Um, kind of, you know, about a third of the way through the episode. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 an okay episode. <laughs> My letter of approval. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's pretty solid, too. Uh, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's okay. I mean, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I just... Um... Yeah, when I was watching, I was thinking it's relatively entertaining. I mean, it's kind of an action-y type one, one of these action-type ones that I I rack my brain to try to come up with what it's about, and I, and I don't really come up with a whole lot. But um, but it, it, it's not, you know, it is it is entertaining, and um, you know, it's you know, there's a bit of a mystery thing going on, and there's kind of working yourself out of a situation, this kind of thing. So you know, maybe they missed an opportunity to you know do a little more with it because it is kind of disjointed in the sense that you have the ongoing uh, Paris and Taurus um, you know courtship or whatever you want to call it, and you know they, that plays a heavy role at the end, but it's just kind of like stuck in there, you know. So you don't feel like there's a lot of I don't know, to me there's not a lot of continuity with any central character from beginning to end, which that might have helped make it gel more and not just be a 
some kind of mystery action adventure thing that goes from A to B to B to C and, the, and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, but I, but I, I can't say that it's, that it's not good or, you know, or anything like that. I think it's, I think it's a fine action episode. Chakotay had, had, Chakotay had a lot of stuff to do in this episode. You know, he was the last one sabotaging. Yeah, I did like that. So these ones that give him more to do, I do like that. Yeah. I like one thing uh, that the, the story kind of flips about halfway in all of a sudden now everything we're on that planet that's a nice big kind of change that keep makes the whole thing feel like it keeps moving i like that i, I don't think this is intentional but <laughs> i like that it always reminds me of is all our yesterdays is that the one with mr a Taz and spock and mccoy yeah. go to the, go through the portal to the yep. snowy pl- yeah that it always reminds me of that somehow because uh-huh. they go through a little portal and they're in the snowy place and <laughs> right 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 yeah i was gonna say i couldn't uh, you know you know towards the end of the episode when with balana and paris you know they're going through the ice caves and stuff like that i couldn't help but think of the you know the previous couple of episodes when they she was going through the palm far it was kind of visually similar and you know he's like you know come on we gotta go and so it was kind of similar in a weird way to that episode it kind of just reminded me took me back to that episode yeah and i think that must be where i'm kind of going with there's a little bit of a missed opportunity because they do switch the 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 you know flip sides on Torres when she transfers. That's when they flip the sides. Well, if they're going to do that, why not have a consistent arc of her? You know, because early on in the episode, it's all about oh she's upset with herself because she um, she gets angry too easily. But that doesn't ever and and, and then, you know they deal with that later. We see that later in the series, you know, done more. But um, you know, there's not like this consistent thing where uh, what is what what is she trying to resolve and how does she solve it, et cetera. I mean, there's a little bit of it, but I think they could have done yeah. that better. You know, we were just talking uh, about how we usually say an episode is a certain person's episode. Like the other, the previous one was odd in that it was Gagan more than Chakotay. Yeah. Uh, this episode doesn't feel like anybody's episode. And I think if it had, maybe if they'd, gone with you know Torres and all you needed would need for that is a couple more scenes or to yeah. rewrite a couple of scenes and right. it could have been kind of a Torres episode maybe it would have felt like a stronger episode if it would have given it more a little more focus and purpose and I, I, I kind of see what Steve's saying you know it kind of te- you know in the beginning you know it teases it out that this is going to be a Torres episode and then it kind of just doesn't go there I mean, you know, like I said, if we had to pinpoint one character who kind of had an evolution in this episode, I would say it would be would be Taurus, maybe Chipotle. But yeah, I, I didn't think of it that way. I think if they would have focused more on her um, and, you know, what she was going through, it, it, it could have been a, a stronger episode. But overall, like I said, it was a fun action episode. Yeah, I, I do enjoy this episode. I like it. And I, I actually made a note. This was the first time in a while where I felt three straight yeah like all three that we watched for this podcast i I enjoyed watching there was never a moment when i'm like "Uh, eh, you know i'm just doing this for the podcast i i never thought that in any of these three episodes that sounds harsh but it's kind of how i felt for a while that there's been at least one in each in each podcast episode that there's been one at least one episode of voyager but i'm like wishing I could fast forward through it a little bit or something like that, but I did not feel that way about any of these three. And I, I enjoyed them. I enjoyed them all. And I thought they were all very solid. 
And poor Kes, and poor Kes, they disappear her first, and then we, you know, what she yeah. showed. Displaced. Mm-hmm. Displaced. <laughs> Is displaced about anything? Like Steve said, I kind of struggled to kind of come up with what it's about. I mean, you know, you could say, you know, sticking together, teamwork, you know, they all, you know, they didn't, they didn't lose themselves when they were, you know, trapped on this other planet. They, you know, they stuck to their protocols and their training and, and their trust in one another. And, um, they, um, they saved the day and got their ship back. Um, we could go into a little bit about, um, like I said, we, as we mentioned that there might've been a little bit missed opportunity with Taurus. Um, I think it progresses some characters. We see, we see the progression of Tom Paris and Taurus in this episode. I don't know. It's kind of what I kind of came up with. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm afraid I can't really come up with a cohesive theme or message here. There, there were certainly opportunities to, to do that, but I don't think they really focused on that, but because it's so, um, this kind of, that kind of vibe, whenever you're solving a mystery and, or having a lot of action, you tend to get away with not having as much of a message, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, I, I don't really have anything with that, but I, I do, I do like the episode. Okay. All right, let's do six degrees for displaced. Steve has two out of MS1. Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. Nancy Youngblood plays Talene, the lady that thinks the crew should just give up and enjoy their new home. In DS9's seventh season, she plays the Klingon Kolan in the episode Once More Unto the Breach. What original series Klingon dies in this episode? Hmm. Oh gosh. Um, this is seventh season, you said? DS9? Yes. Okay. I'm just trying to remember which thing happened when. Dang it. <laughs> I, mean, I think I'm getting confused on which things happened in which order with those characters. Um, is it Core? Yes, sir. Adam, Mark Taylor plays Jarloth, the alien that shows Voyager the portal way. He previously played Heritoth in Next Gen's The Ensigns of Command, who is tasked with convincing the colony to leave. What Next Gen regular? I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? So he, you're asking me what character he convinced to leave? No, a, a character is instructed to convince the colony to leave the planet. Oh, would that be Wesley Crusher? No. Steve? Uh, is that the one with Data doing that? Yep. Okay. It was data. All right. Steve takes it for the day. Not much going on. I saw there's a trailer for the mm-hmm. next short, but I'm not watching the trailers for the shorts. A trailer for a short seems kind of silly to me. I watch like <laughs> Steve, like 20%, 20% of the short. show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's, yeah, next Thursday, the 6th. Yeah. Uh, but really not much else besides that. So we're going to be back in two weeks and we're going to finish out Voyager's third season with the final two episodes of season three. Two weeks after that, we're going to have our holiday themed episode where we do not discuss Voyager episodes. And then we're going to take three weeks off, but we will be back in two weeks to discuss the next two. So thank you for spending an hour with us. And until next time, take it easy. Bye guys. See ya.
Stefan, I passed it.